When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery here on a confusing weather day in the capital city. I, mean, I feel like we talk about weather every single day on this show, but it's the classic small talk of, of people in Nebraska. Look at the fact it's just about 90 degrees. Oh, with 70 mile an hour gusts. It's just crazy out there. I'm not sure if 70 is just a, a number I completely made up there, Connor. Are you, are you a weatherman by trade? Do you know how, how fast the wind is actually blowing out there? Well, I do have this thing called a cellular device in my pocket that I oh. could take a look at here real fast if you really wanted me to. Just just to get an accurate <laughs> an accurate wind gust. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I'm we're too lazy a for that. Show, but well. Hold on, hold on. 34 miles an hour. 70 wasn't too far off. Double. That's a reasonable exaggeration. I 34 think. is higher than I thought it would be, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's, it's it's breezy out there, which is, I mean, at least it's not a cold wind. That's what we've been dealing with for weeks now. So, still, if you're listening to us on the interstate today, drive safely, please. As it's uh, Hail Varsity Radio, Elijah Herbal sitting alongside Connor Clark as we fill in for Chris Schmidt. Connor, you hear him here on the show. You hear him everywhere, just about high school sports coverage here on ESPN, as well as over on our sister station, 1240 KFOR. Uh, you hear him. Husker Sports Weekly, his podcast. You also hear him uh, doing a doubleheader of uh, Nebraska baseball action last weekend on, on BTM yep. Plus. So if you're a, a, a high roller and you've shut out the big bucks <laughs> for BTM Plus, you heard Connor Clark on the call last week. Excited to be sitting in here with Connor. Connor, I mean, it, it felt like our, our schedule hasn't really been lining up for us to do one of these shows a day where Chris is gone, a day where you're available, a day where I'm available. Uh, we haven't had much luck with that, where it's it's been a lot of, of the me and Will Wilson show here recently, but I'm super excited. It's you and me in here today. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, it's been a while. I think the the first time we did a show was during football season. So it's, it's been a couple months, but here we are. It's the way it goes. Go. How, how's your semester going? I know that's we're, we're going to get into that here in, in just a second whenever we talk transfer. The semester is wrapping up. Uh, Husker football uh, obviously big for them because when guys graduate, walk across that stage in May or just finish up their semester, I think it becomes a lot easier to enter your name in that transfer portal. We've mm-hmm. seen that here with Casey Rogers. He's a graduate, now entering his name in the transfer portal. We're probably going to see some more movement there uh, coming up shortly. But how, how is your semester going? You got those straight A's, that 4.0 GPA going? I wish I wish that was true, but it's almost over. I think we got about like two weeks of class left, and then finally it's finals week, and then uh, – Let's get the summer rolling. I mean, it feels like summer outside, so that that's a good thing. And you're you're yeah you're you're going to be in town. You're here in Lincoln for uh, for uh, summer break. So this I not really summer break in college, but this is your your first summer being spent in Lincoln. Yep. First Ooh, one. Ooh, you're gonna have fun in July. <laughs> I guess you're a Midwest guy. Yeah. It's, it's, it'll, it's all it'll the be, same. It'll be but similar. 
Whew, that 90 degrees and 90% humidity. I mean, oh, it, it, yeah. it's a humid one today. And I, I feel like I'm like the, the breeze is the only thing keeping me sane, despite the fact it's a 35 mile an hour wind gust. I, I feel like I'm going to be praying for a day like today, come August, whenever it's 95 degrees, 90% humidity, not a lick of wind, and I'm just sweating like a pig out yeah, there. The, the wind doesn't come by when we actually need it. But August, when that rolls around, also means the start of Husker football season. And you know we're going to talk Husker football on here. And that, that's what I want to start the show off here today with. If you got any uh, thoughts, you can give us a call, 402 402- 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Those are the numbers to get in. Come uh, chat with me and Connor today as uh, we're going to talk Husker football. we got Husker basketball thoughts coming up here with Jacob Padilla in about 15 minutes. And then uh, coming up next hour, the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, always joins us on Fridays. He'll be with us again today to lead off the 5 o'clock hour. Still discussing whether or not we're going to have that in live stream form on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and Facebook page. We'll bring updates to you on that one as uh, we discuss with Bill. I mean, or I guess you can give us a call, give us a, a, a tweet in, give us a phone call. You you want to see the live stream with Bill Dolman today. Uh, give us your thoughts. And then we'll have a uh, Hill varsity's Steve Mark coming up at 525 to dive into uh, the topic we're going to get into here to start off the show, which Kind of relates to the, to the Casey Rogers news. I know we've hit that pretty hard the past couple days. Um, but I, I just want to get into the lines of scrimmage in general. God, I'm not sure if you know this about me. I mean, Schmitty's made a point of it on the show here. Is I, I was an offensive lineman in high school. Not a very good one. I was, I, I was all right. I'll second that. I, just a, a very long time ago. I know it doesn't <laughs> look like it. I know it doesn't look like it. But playing along that, that offensive line, I, I think, gives you more of an appreciation for, for how important the lines of scrimmage are in football. And, and I feel like Nebraska fans kind of got that wake-up call moving to the Big Ten, especially with uh, Mike Riley being the coach. You kind of realized, oh, wait, uh, you can't cut it in the Big Ten without some decent lines of scrimmage. And, and that's, again, the problem Nebraska's running into. They ran into it last season. You saw how much the offensive line struggled to consistently protect Adrian Martinez, how much it struggled to open up running lanes for whichever running back was back there. Kind of felt like a carousel at times till. Ramir Johnson took over the job late in the season, but you saw that whenever Nebraska's offensive line had a bad game, Nebraska as a whole, especially the offense, had a bad game. And now we're looking at a 2022 season when the biggest question marks on each side of the ball are the offensive line and the defensive line. And in the Big Ten, that is a recipe for disaster. And there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of optimism around this Husker football team when you look at the new coaches coming in, the new faces coming in, a new quarterback, uh, faces along even the offensive line people are excited about in the wide receiver room. Really, it's a, it's been an offseason of optimism, and despite the fact that the, the spring game was a bit of a snooze fest, especially in that first half, I think Husker fans still came out of that spring game feeling optimistic for what could be in the 2022 season. But then this Casey Rogers news drops, and I think it dumped a, a bucket of ice water if you remember the ALS challenge back in the day, Connor, you might be too young for that. Uh, if you remember that, it dumped a bucket of cold water on everyone's optimism when you go, well, wait, Nebraska is returning how many starts along the defensive line now? Who is backing up Casey Roger? Oh, who is going to be in line to start on the defensive line this year? I, I think that it's, it's dropped, I mean, especially on me going, oh, well, now I'm getting worried. Whenever you look at the offensive line really struggling in pass protection, especially those offensive tackles in the spring game, and I know those aren't probably going to be the day one starters, but it's still a, a concern whenever you see a guy like Garrett Nelson, who looks like he's improved himself over the offseason, but then he, he wasn't uh, 
a dangerous pass rusher compared to the rest of the Big Ten last season. Could he reach that point this year? Sure. But he wasn't that, and he looked like a completely dominant force in the spring game. He looked like first-team All-Big Ten potential All-American. And I'm, I'm not saying that's what he's going to be. It's a spring game. It's, it's meant to be uh, taken with a grain of salt. But that, that's what the offensive line made Garrett Nelson look like. And the defensive line, I mean, inexperienced. They didn't necessarily look like they were eating up blocks like they did last season. And now you get the news that Casey Rogers into the transfer portal, and it really only leaves Ty Robinson as an interior defensive lineman with any sort of returning experience for this Nebraska football team. So the, the question here in this first segment we're going to get into, Connor, you and me, is Nebraska's lines of scrimmage, is it potential to be a, a death sentence for this team next season? Well, Obviously, in the Big Ten, too, you have to have a good line of scrimmage no matter what side of the ball, no matter what phase of the game, really, if it's offense, defense, or special teams. Because if you're a subpar offensive line, and that is something that's what, we... That's what I described Nebraska well, as last yeah, season. That's what we have seen out of this Nebraska team, especially in years past, especially this past season. You're going to have a long night in in some of these games. I mean, you're going up against elite pass rushers on the outside of the defensive line. You play teams like Michigan. You play teams like Wisconsin. The the Big Ten West is no joke when it comes to defense as well. So, I mean, you look at those last four games of the schedule, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but you have Minnesota, you have Iowa, Mm -hmm. you have Wisconsin. I mean, it does not get easy, especially when you hit Big Ten play, and not to mention you're opening the schedule with a Big Ten opponent. I don't care if Northwestern was 3-9 and last year. Pat Fitzgerald always has a really good defense. Mm-hmm. And you know that they're going to be a disciplined group, and you know that they're going to be playing well in that first week. Not saying that Northwestern is going to come out here and be world beaters, but you got to have a good offensive line right out the gate, especially this year, because I mean, you're not playing some some scrub, for lack of a better term, in, in week one. I mean, you're, you're coming out playing conference competition. If you want to get to Indianapolis, it's starting week one. And if you think that the – the beatdown Nebraska put on on Northwestern last season isn't bulletin board material for the Wildcats all offseason knowing, oh, yeah. hey, week zero, we got these Huskers again in Dublin, and they were a 3-9 football team last year, and they put the beatdown on us. That's got to be embarrassing for a team. So you're, now you're coming out, and Pat Fitzgerald, I think, is considered to be one of the, the, the best coaches in the Big Ten when you consider his resources at Northwestern, what Northwestern has been. Pat Fitzgerald has done an outstanding job at Northwestern, and I've mentioned a couple times in the show, he's not prone to having back-to-back bad seasons. That, that's not what Pat Fitzgerald does. He, he will take his lumps in one season to get that experience for his guys, figure out which holes he needs to fill, and then he'll, he'll get it right for next season. So this Northwestern team, uh, you can't look at the result last season and say, well, they're not going to be good again this year. That's not what Pat Fitzgerald does. So, I mean, it's going to start along the lines of scrimmage for Nebraska, and there's two ways you can look at it. One is the one I've already laid out for you, which is this could be a death sentence. Nebraska is is thin along the defensive line. You don't know what you have. On the offensive line, you're returning guys that, yeah, they got a lot of experience last season, but they took their lumps, and they weren't by any means good. Uh, so are, are you in for a long season for both of those units? Or on the flip side, you also have new position coaches for each of the each of these groups the offensive line's got coach Riola coming in doing different work and we've heard the the talks out of spring they're firing off the ball better and I I think we saw that in the spring game they did fire off the ball a little better despite the fact that the pass rush was atrocious really especially in the first half and you you can't factor in the fact that oh well they they were only playing uh touch football in the first half you can't factor that in that that's not how it works along the offensive line 
being an offensive line guy, coaches say 60%. Well, you're taking that at 95% because you're an offensive lineman. It doesn't change much for you. And, and they still got beat pretty bad. So what kind of strides can, can Coach Raiola make in the offseason? Along, along the defensive line, you have Coach Tuioti leaving. And it, it brings in uh, Mike Dawson, who's a guy who's been here, a guy who's coached uh, some high-level units with the New York Giants and the NFL, coached some good pass rushers. And you look at that and you go, well, is that reason for optimism? Is that reason for concern that now you've got a guy coming in to coach the, these inexperienced defensive linemen and, well, he wasn't the guy who developed them. It's a completely new voice, a new face. Is, is he going to take their development and uh, – I don't want to say waste it, but is his vision not the same as the vision as, as it's uh, an Coach Tuioti? It's an adjustment. So there's, there's different ways you can take it, but as I stand right now, my concern level for both of these lines of scrimmage is very high. It's my biggest question mark for both sides of the ball, and I think both of these position groups have potential to derail the entire side of the ball as a whole. The offensive line performs poorly. I think the offense as a whole can look worse than, than what the talent on paper would indicate that it should be, and, and defensively it's the same way. I mean, you have great linebackers coming back, but if your defensive line can't keep the offensive line off the linebackers, they're not going to do much. And if your uh, defensive line can't get pressure on the quarterback, I don't care how good your secondary is, that they can't sit there in, in coverage for 10 seconds. Well, the quarterback's going to find the open man. A guy is going to get open. So uh, I think both these position groups, despite the fact there is optimism for both of them, there's also potential for both of these to to to, to take Nebraska from the team that we – think they can be that seven and five eight and four team and keep them out of a bowl game yet again if these teams or if these position groups perform as poorly as the way I see it right now they could because it it doesn't look great it doesn't look great especially interior d-line that's huge in the big 10 and I I don't have confidence there right now and keeping your your new shiny quarterback Casey Thompson a guy who you can expect to come in and be a, a difference maker if you can't keep him clean he can't be that difference maker that you've brought him in to be so my concern level as it stands here on April 22nd, 2022, for the record, my concern level, out of 10, I'd put it at a 7 for the, for the lines of scrimmage. I, I'm, I'm somewhat concerned. I think there is ways that you can get past that. However, I don't think you can hide a bad line of scrimmage on either side of the ball forever. Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. I mean, I'm, I would say I'm fairly concerned about it, too. And to kind of go back to your point about bulletin board material that Northwestern has on this Nebraska team, Nebraska sort of has bulletin board material as well, not in the sense that it's Northwestern, but you were in the situation last year. You play a Big Ten team in Week 0, and the talk of the town is, okay, 3-0 and going into Oklahoma. Well, you didn't do that, and a part of that was the lack of performance on the offense and defensive line. Now, this year, and I know things could shake up here, especially if the transfer portal doesn't bounce Nebraska's way, but you have an an opportunity here, if you're the line of scrimmage and you're Scott Frost, say, okay, we're playing a team that we beat last year in the Big Ten in Week 0. We play Oklahoma Week 4, 3-0 and going into Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Is it going – are we going to make this happen this year, or are we going to fall into the same trap that we were in last year and set ourselves up for disappointment? That almost brings us back to, to the mailbag question if uh, of the week. We, we discussed a lot on the show yesterday is how much of a make-or-break game is this Northwestern matchup? Is it you lose this game and you're now behind the eight ball in terms of making a bowl? And if you win it, and you're now in a great position to make a bowl. I think that's a little bit extreme, um, but I think there's, there's validity to that, to, to starting your season off on the right foot. 
and I mean, as you say, it's less so being one and zero going into North Dakota. It's more about being three and zero going to Oklahoma, or, or or sorry, with Oklahoma coming here, or being four and zero going into that stretch in October where you're playing some beatable teams in the Big Ten. That, that's where I think it's important. Yeah, I I think this Northwestern game, and not to get into a season preview here or anything, but I think this Northwestern game is absolutely enormous. I I think if you do lose. I don't want to be super pessimistic, but I think if you do lose, you are behind the eight ball of making a bowl game. Mm. I really do. And I think it's going to start, as we've discussed this whole first segment, along those lines of scrimmage. Uh, I think if, if Nebraska can establish the run and can stop that Northwestern rushing attack, you're in a great position to win the football game. So it's going to start along the offensive lines. We'll see as we're still months away now. A lot, lot of time between now and Dublin, but uh, uh, concern to say the least. Still transfer portal additions. We'll talk about uh, that with Steve Mark coming up in hour two. Coming up after the break, we're going to sit down with Jacob Padilla talking some Husker basketball, talking to Juwan Gary, what that addition means. That's coming up next right here on Hale Varsity Radio. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Going through a Friday here looking forward to the weekend's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark filling in for Chris Schmidt today who is uh, up in Omaha at a wedding. So I uh, hope Schmitty is enjoying his day up there, taking a half day off, and uh, he'll be back with you for the Saturday morning edition tomorrow, 7 to 9, here locally on ESPN Lincoln. And for those listening across the state, you can catch that in podcast form. Uh, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the Hale Varsity YouTube page where you can check that out. As uh should be a fun one tomorrow. Going to get caught up. With uh, managing editor, Hale Varsity Radio, Brandon Vogel, as well as the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, all coming up on a Saturday morning edition. But before we get to the Saturday morning edition, we got a Friday show to get through. And uh, we're excited to welcome in Jacob Padilla into the show as uh, we have some Husker basketball news. It's been a, uh, a dry couple months of Husker basketball news, but we got news in yesterday of a new commit for uh, the Huskers, and it's officially official. I just saw this on Twitter as the Husker basketball team welcomes Juwan Gary to Lincoln. But, Jacob, before we get to that, I, I got to get to a uh, a tweet I saw from you at about 2.15 a.m. last night. I need the backstory about this, about Carl Arms being the uh, the scourge of humanity. Well, well, let's up with that. Uh, well, we just had some storms up here in Omaha last night, mm-hmm. and apparently one set off a car alarm out uh, in my apartment uh parking complex so um was hearing that uh late last night so that was fun i mean like was that a a uh a wake up or, or is, is jacob Badilla a night owl is that a is that a 215 like trying to go to bed type thing <laughs> yeah well i yeah definitely a night owl i, w- I wasn't uh asleep yet uh but it, it continued for a little bit uh before 
uh, it eventually stopped. So it was about that time that I was getting ready to go to sleep. I'm like, well, this this is annoying. <laughs> well, yeah, I was up late watching my, my Nuggets lose another one to the Warriors. We'll get to yeah, the, the NBA here in, in just a second, Jacob. But first, I need to get your take on Juwan Gary transferring in from Alabama. All, all accounts I'm seeing indicate he's one of those effort-rebounding defensive guys. So uh, I want to get your your take, Jacob. You've got a better eye for basketball for me as you're up coaching that, uh, that elite Padilla team up in, uh, up in Omaha. I just saw the team name, thought that was pretty great. But you, you've got a better eye for basketball for me, so I want to get your take on what this Juwan Gary addition means for Nebraska basketball. Yeah, I am uh, still still haven't uh, watched much of uh, his defensive tape yet. i got to get an eye on that, but I was – Scanning uh, like some of the clips of how they used him offensively, and uh, for those that don't know, Gary's uh, listed six six, uh, two hundred eighteen pounds. Uh, he's kind of a wing, kind of a tweener between the three and the four. Um, and I, I think he'll probably play a lot of four for Nebraska just based on what the roster is looking like right now. Um, they're a little light uh, at that spot, um, but he, like you said, you kind of described him well. He's He's not a guy that's going to go create offense for himself. Um, he doesn't isolate. He doesn't really handle the ball a whole lot. He's not a great shooter. Um, but what he does, he has a pretty good feel for space on the floor and uh, being in the right spot. He's a good cutter. Uh, he, he runs the floor hard in transition. Uh, he crashes the offensive glass hard. And then uh, uh, Alabama even used him a little bit, setting ball screens and rolling to the rim, and he was pretty effective in a small, uh, small sample size with that. Um, so the, the jump shot definitely needs quite a bit of work. He, uh, he was 10 of 50, uh, in his two seasons at Alabama, uh, 20% for, uh, those that don't like math. Uh, but he was barely over 50% from the free throw line as well. And, and watching the clips, he, uh, his touch needs some work too. He did finish or uh, miss, uh, some shots around the rim that you would really like to see him finish. Um, so this is, Definitely more of a – he's not a guy that's going to come in and score 10 points a game most likely, um, but he is a guy that can – that will play hard, um, will crash the glass, and give you some physicality there uh, in the lineup. Now, Jacob, tell me, I, I can't remember off the top of my head any any Hoiberg guys that ha- have been wings that aren't necessarily shooters, aren't necessarily offensive guys. Is, is this the – the natural response to, to Fred Hoiberg's struggles within the past couple of years going for a guy that might fit the, the Big Ten mold a little bit better, being a guy who brings effort defensively, brings effort rebounding, isn't necessarily going to score, but, but brings a certain something to the team that I don't think I've seen uh, on a Fred Hoiberg Nebraska basketball team yet. Yeah, physically, he probably compares uh, most to Shamil Stevenson um, as kind of a similar size, more uh, – Good athlete, but not didn't end up the shooting that he displayed elsewhere didn't really translate to Nebraska. And uh, Shamil kind of ha- had a tough time staying in the rotation, and they didn't couldn't have, they had a tough time finding ways to use him. But uh, the difference was, I think part of that was uh, the effort and the um, intensity defensively. Um, there are just times where he fell asleep, and um, so I, I think Gary. You don't have to worry about that with Gary. I think uh, he's going to play hard. Uh, for however long he's out there. Um, and so it, it definitely um, – it's interesting how to see um, – going to be looking forward to seeing how Hoiberg does use him uh, and kind of what spots he puts him in because um, they've already got, obviously, the two big guys with Derek Walker coming back and um, 
uh, Blaze Keita, who guys that also don't shoot the ball, um, don't really have any range there. Um, we'll see kind of who else uh, is in the lineup with him. But um, so the, it, I, I don't know that he's a perfect fit with the roster as is, but he definitely does bring some of those things that they were lacking. And you can put out, throw up lineups up there with um, like um, Sam Griesel and, and Gary and CJ Wilcher and um, whoever else out there and kind of uh, and like a Ramel Lloyd and just be like six, six uh, across the board, like one through four there and switch everything and um, try to uh, be effective that way. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what role he, he settles into at Nebraska. He did play, he didn't play huge minutes, but he was part of a rotation for uh, an NCAA tournament team at Alabama and started um, uh, was like 16 games, something like that this season. So um, they, they found a way to, to, to get some, some use out of him, and I'm sure Hoiberg will try to do the same. Jacob Padilla is here on Hale Varsity Radio on a Friday, and Jacob, we bring in Gary to the Nebraska basketball program, more so to, to fill a defensive role, as you were talking about, lacking a little bit on the offensive side numbers-wise. But he was in the rotation of a pretty solid Alabama team last year, and that brings me to my question about some current players. What do you think the future is, say, of a Trey McGowan, who's been a pretty heavy defensive player for this team? Or Latman, what are those two guys going to go on with this new roster shakeup and the new guys coming in? Yeah, well, um, so Gary filling that spot that leaves them basically with one open scholarship right now um, and not including McGowan's and Mann who have not yet made their decision. So um, I, I think Gary's addition, I, I think this is already the case anyway, but I, I would not expect to see Latman back. I don't think that, uh, that's changed any. I think he'll have some professional opportunities back home. Um, and I, I think it's probably just probably best for both parties to move on at this point. Um, and that's kind of where he slides in there because if they weren't bringing man back, they were a little light at that four spot. You've got Wilhelm Breinbach who could play the four or the five coming off the injury. And then you don't have anybody uh, basically six, six or taller than six, six there. So um, you would have been asking more perimeter guys to, to guard up like CJ Wilshire had to do last season uh, where he was basically the backup four after um, uh Wilhelm Brian Bach got hurt. So um, Gary kind of fills that hole a little bit. And um, I, I think um, we're going to see Nebraska um, probably still kind of keep an eye out on the transfer portal, seeing what's out there uh, while probably staying in communication with Trey McGowan's. I, I think he, if he wants to come back, I'm sure that they take him at this point, uh, but they've, uh, he's, I think they're going to need him to, to make a decision here. And I think, I don't. I don't think they're going to wait until like uh, whenever um, they're not going to be able to wait until this summer to 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 and leave him a spot. So um, I, I think he's going to have to kind of figure out what he wants to do so that they can they can make the moves that they need to to whether they need to fill that spot or if uh, if he wants it. So we'll see. I, I don't. I don't think it'll drag out that long. Um, I think he's kind of going through the process now of seeing what's out there in terms of professional opportunities and kind of weigh in um, w what his options are right now. And um, so I think we'll see Nebraska continue to kind of see uh, if they can stay in the mix for some of these transfers. And if trade decides to, um, to, to come back for one more year, that would probably kind of uh, complete the roster there. Jacob, what's your take? Should we expect more transfer portal movement coming into Nebraska 
Uh, or, or do you think Jawan Gary's the main guy and, and anything on top of that's just a, just a, a cherry on top? Well, which side are you on? Do you think Fred Hoiberg is going to be actively looking for, for more guys in the transfer portal, I guess is my question to you. Yeah, like I said, I think it, a lot of it depends on kind of where's tra- where Trey's at because uh, they do just have that one scholarship right now. Uh, it seems like uh, w- with Shaden Sharp um, uh, looking like he's going to enter the draft, uh, I think that probably the ship has sailed on Antonio Reeves, the Illinois State transfer. I know he was their their main target, the first guy that they got in here. They were trying to sell hard to come in as that scoring wing to replace Bryce McGowan, but uh, Kentucky's got a spot for you, and you can come in and play a feature role there. Then it's, uh, it's hard competition for Nebraska to beat out. So um, at this point, I don't have a name uh, that like they're they're going to go all in at this point. But um, I, I I do think that they'll continue to to keep an eye out there, and they'll they'll consider um, who's in the portal. They'll consider Trey coming back, and um, I, I would expect them to fill that 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 13 scholarship with somebody. Um, just don't know who it is yet. Jacob Bedell is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jacob, last thought here, you're our resident Suns fan. And it, it's felt like it's it's been the season of destiny for the Suns, at least through the regular season where they were going out and best record in the NBA wasn't even really all that close. But now you have Devin Booker down with injury, going to be out for the next couple of weeks. And then you see what the Suns are doing. Oh, sorry, excuse me, what the Warriors are doing against the Nuggets, against my Nuggets. And uh, I want to get your, your take on your concern level for your sons moving forward in the NBA playoffs. Uh, definitely concerned just because you never want to see your best player get hurt in the playoffs. Um, but on the other hand, the Suns have shown all year that they've been able to kind of keep winning no matter who is in or out of the lineup. And I think this whole season was kind of building up to uh, these playoffs and they went through stretches where, I mean, Cam Johnson, uh, I think he'll slide in there for Booker and averaged 16 a game and shot the ball really well uh, in his starts this season uh, when Booker was out previously. And uh, Mikhail Bridges has taken a huge, uh, a huge step in terms of his usage offensively. And they all season long, they've kind of run some of the, the Booker plays for Mikhail to put him in the situation where, uh, he can be a playmaker, and uh, to get him ready for when whether Book's injured or if teams are really focused on taking him out, he can be that next guy to um, kind of step up and make a play. So I do think the Suns have uh, enough uh, to get through this series without Booker, um, uh, unless the Pelicans just continue to shoot 60% from three every game, which I don't think is likely. Um, so I concerns is because you again you never want to see one of your the best players out, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's something that will, like if they can get it, get through this first round, I think he'll be back for the next series. Um, but you just can't ever take anything for granted. I, I just feel like the Suns have kind of built, built themselves up to insulate against any single loss this season, particularly in the first round. There is Jacob Padilla. Find him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore Jacob. Be good. Have a nice weekend. I appreciate it. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe 
and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thank you to Jacob Padilla joining us uh, discussing Nebraska's newest transfer, Juwan Gary, officially announced on Twitter by the Husker basketball team. He will be in Lincoln for the 2022 season. We'll see what kind of impact he can bring to the floor, but I am excited uh, personally for just, as Jacob said, I haven't had a guy like this since Shamil Stevenson. And from what I've seen, uh, from Alabama highlights and highlights are just that they're, they're going to show you the best of the best, but it doesn't seem to be a, a Shamil Stevenson type of guy in body type. Sure. In terms of what they bring to the floor. Yeah. But as you heard Jacob say, Shamil Stevenson was uh, occasionally would, would take off possessions defensively and what basketball player doesn't, but that, that's not the, the scouting report on Juwan Gary. That's not going to be uh, super common. He's an effort guy, brings intensity to the floor. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for what that can be because uh, there, there needs to be some massive changes within Husker basketball. I, massive might not be the right word, but in terms of what they're trying to do in the Big Ten, clearly what Hoiberg has had set up in his first couple of years here, you can blame it on talent, you can blame it on whatever. Um, it clearly just has not worked the way that, that Fred Hoiberg intended when it came in here. And I, I think this is the natural response to that. So we'll see what Jawan Gary can bring to Nebraska basketball. Uh, where I'm going to take the conversation now, we're going to keep with basketball, Connor, and we're going to go NBA. We, we discussed a little bit with Jacob as uh, I, I had to pose the question in a, in a son's way to him. What, what do you think of what the Warriors are doing to the Nuggets? Are you worried about Devin Booker? Um, and, and I'm going to take this second, get on my soapbox and, and share my laments over the Denver Nuggets. I'm a Denver guy. That's, that's been well known in the show. Broncos fan, Nuggets fan, Avalanche fan. Sometimes a Rockies fan. I'm sorry, they've hurt me too much. I'll sure pencil me in as a Rockies fan, but not die hard by any means. I don't have a jersey. I don't have any gear. Go to their games occasionally. I I, I just can't be a, a Kansas City guy because you know, once you're Denver and everything else, you can't flip it over. I, I would be a Royals fan if I wasn't a like a Broncos fan and a Nuggets fan and and what have you. Um, but I, I've I, I had the pleasure. I stayed up late last night watching the Nuggets, and I got to watch them. Hang tight with the Warriors. Jokic put up an MVP-type performance, 30-plus points, I think 19 rebounds, 6 assists. Great numbers. Finally got some help from some of his bench players, uh, Aaron Gordon specifically. Yet the Nuggets still fall short to the Warriors. And at this point in time, it just feels like the Nuggets are wasting, I mean, arguably the, the, what could be the two best years of Jokic's career. He won MVP last season. I'm seeing some sports books, I think it was points bet, has already paid out for Nikola Jokic to be the MVP. It sounds like all signs are pointing that way. When you when you take the poll of the the NBA MVP voters who are willing to share their vote, it seems like Jokic is going to win this. Closer than last season, sure, but it still seems like it's a Jokic win. And what have the Nuggets done with that? Well, last year they won their first round, I believe it was against the Trailblazers, and then they went and got demolished by the Suns in the second round. This year, they show up to round one, and they don't even get through. I mean, they're, they're down 3-0 to the Warriors right now. Jordan Poole is putting up 30 points a game. Steph Curry looks great off the bench. Klay Thompson pours in another 28 points last night or something like that. It's just the Nuggets have the MVP on their team, and it doesn't look like it. When you look at the, 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 the quality of the team surrounding Nikola Jokic has only diminished. It's only gotten worse. And you, you can talk about, yeah, sure, Michael Porter Jr.'s hurt. Jamal Murray's hurt. Okay. 
You have the MVP on your team. Figure out a way to make it work. You shouldn't be getting swept in the first round. I, the Warriors are the Warriors, sure. Steve Kerr, great coach. Steph Curry, one of the greatest of all time. At least at least as a shooter. Is he? Does he stack up to LeBron? No. But, but it's, 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 it's embarrassing as a Nuggets fan to, to have to watch them get demolished by the Warriors. And Connor's a, a, a Bulls fan. At least they're putting up a fight in the first round. My Nuggets look down and out. I lost sleep last night watching them. I regret it, and I had to come out here and, and, and just share my laments. Connor is feverishly taking phone calls. Remember, you can give us a call, 402-466-3776 or 800-825-5865. That second number is the number for our listeners across the state, as uh, we do have people everywhere. Connor, it's, it's, it's a no on the phone call? It's a no. Well, well dang. How, how, give, give me your update on your, on your bowls in the playoffs. Um. I went into the playoffs thinking the Bulls were going to get clean swept. Now I'm on the total opposite end of the, st- the spectrum. I think the Bulls actually have a chance to win the series. <laughs> See, ah, we flip-flopped here. Isn't that I, weird? I went into this series thinking, wow, maybe with the MVP on their team, the Nuggets actually have a chance against the Warriors. And now a week later, I am in, in pain. Well, I, I, I'm living in hell watching this Warriors team just knock down every single three-pointer. Jordan Poole playing like a future MVP. The Nuggets looking down and out there, fighting on the bench. Nikola Jokic is getting ejected. They're falling apart, and it's it hurts me. Well, the Bulls, they won. I think they won the better of the two games that they could have up in Milwaukee because they come back to the United Center tonight with a riding off of a win. Chris Middleton is out for the rest of the series, which is enormous news. Mm-hmm. And if you're Billy Donovan, you're going to come into the series, okay, you're not going to stop Giannis because Giannis is – He's just that guy, all right? But if you can do your best to, like, contain him somewhat, and now the rest of your defensive assignments get that much easier because Chris Middleton's not on the floor, Mm -hmm. the next best guy you have to worry about really offensively is Drew Holiday. And I, I, honestly, I like the Bulls' chances with that, especially because you come home for two. This is the first time the Bulls have had a home playoff game since you had Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, and Jimmy Butler on the same roster. So this is a big deal for Chicagoans. Tell me, as it stands right now, I know that the popular picks heading into the playoffs for the finals were the Suns and Warriors out of the West and Milwaukee really in the East. And and as it stands now, we're a couple games in. What what, what do you think? If if you were a betting man and had to put down a bet right now, who's going to win the NBA finals? What what are you putting down? Ooh, the finals? Finals-wise, I think I'd put Warriors, but I, right now I think the Sixers are going to come out of the East. I, I really yeah, do. the Sixers are looking great. They look really in the good. East. And Toronto's they're, they're nothing to. They're, I mean, they're not the Toronto of Kawhi Leonard. Whenever Kawhi Leonard right. was going out there and beating the Sixers with that crazy shot, it, it's not that same Toronto team, but they're still not a joke by any means. Well, and we have to look out for Boston too because you know Boston's going to. But I think I think the Nets will make that a series. I really do. I think that'll be a good series. Oh, you you know. Katie and Kyrie are going to take it personally. Everyone clowning them for being down 2-0 in this series. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a seven-game series. I think that's got seven games written all over it, despite the fact the Nets are down two games to none. But you look at it, and I think it's, it's huge to get a sweep in the first round on, on your trip to the NBA Finals. It gives you some much-needed rest after round one to get geared up for that, that stretch run. And it looks like 76ers are on their way to a sweep, and it looks like the Warriors are on their way to a sweep. So those could be the, the, the two teams that we'll be looking at. I, I think both those teams... Sh- 
or great bets to at least make the, their conference finals. And I think they, both of them could be making the, the finals pretty realistically as well. So we'll wrap up in hour one coming up after the break. Uh, next hour, we have Bill Dolman joining us via live stream. Uh, we'll get you more information on that next segment. We also have uh, Steve Mark coming up at 525. That's all coming up. We'll wrap up hour one after this here on Hale Varsity Radio. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rolling through a Friday here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal alongside Connor Clark, filling in for Chris Schmidt today. He'll be back in for a Saturday morning show tomorrow, which. Connor, I believe you're going to be uh, in the, uh, the the driver's seat for I that sure show. sure will. It's going to be Chris Schmidt and you, Mark Cranack, out tomorrow. We'll see. I'm going to be up in Omaha tonight at a uh, comedy show. The John uh, John Mulaney is coming up to oh. CHI Health, so I'm going to go, go check that out. Not necessarily the, the biggest fan myself, but I had friends with extra tickets. So I said, you know what? Yeah, I'll go Friday. check that out. So we'll see what time I make it back to Lincoln. If I'm back at a reasonable time, I might come check in for the Saturday morning show with you guys just because got nothing better to do on a Saturday morning. So... Uh, Saturday morning show, 7 to 9, here locally, ESPN Lincoln, or wherever you like to get your podcasts uh, for Hale Varsity Radio. Before we get out of here this hour, i got to remind you that nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash? Buckle up. A message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. Connor, before we get out of here this hour, uh, we had news this week that we haven't had a chance to hit on yet this week, and it was the surprise retirement of Jay Wright uh, stepping down after how many seasons at Villanova? It's like 20? 21. 21. 21 seasons at uh, Villanova, and uh, a lot of reaction on Twitter. Some people taking the uh, the the route of, well, he's, he's not taking a whole year-long retirement uh, tour a la Coach K. Yeah, I never... I don't know. I might be the minority here. I never understood the hate about that. I really didn't. I know it's Duke, and I know it's Coach K, but at the same time, the guy has been coaching for 40. The the dude is coaching for almost as long as my dad's been alive. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it just almost feels like, I mean, Coach K, he did that that, that whole tour because a legend. He's a legend of the game. Exactly. So I, I think... It was okay. You know what? I wasn't a huge fan of it, but okay. You're, you're Coach K. You've probably earned that right. Jay Wright goes a different route, just announces it out of the blue on a Thursday evening, and you go, well, or excuse me, a Wednesday evening, and you go, well, that's that's a, a shock to this system. But yeah. it, it feels to me like those legends of college basketball, the people I grew up with, none of them are, are there anymore. Roy Williams at, at UNC, he's gone. Uh, you have... Uh, Coach K, as we just talked about, he's gone. Jay Wright's gone. Uh, you wonder how long Bayheim has left at, at Syracuse. Not very long, I don't Not think. very long. So it really leaves, I mean, the guys that I grew up, Patino's at Iona. That's not the same as being at Louisville. Uh, that's, that's where I remember Patino mm-hmm. being at. And then I guess it leaves Calipari at, at Kentucky. It leaves Bill Self at Kansas. And other than that, there's not really any any true legends of, of, of college basketball coaching that are really left. It's it's a new era of Izzo. college basketball. Izzo, sure. Izzo. Izzo. But, yeah. Th- those are like the big three that are left, I would say. But some guys are coming into their own, too, obviously. 
as, as the seasons progress. Cross our fingers that Hoiberg is going to be one of those. <laughs> I think well, he's already there. He 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 was a guy that I, I I don't know is the is the the first couple years of his tenure at Nebraska is that hurting the legacy of Hoiberg? It's probably a question for probably probably a question for after his his tenure here is done, which <laughs> could be next year, could be ten years from now. I guess I I don't know, uh, but we shall find out. We'll see if the uh, the addition of Jawan Gary helps that. We're uh, wrapping up Hour 1 here. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. In your turn at next hour, we're going to have the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, joining us. As a, You can catch that live stream, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and Facebook page. That's coming your way here in a little under uh, 10 minutes. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back in, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are streaming live at ESPN Lincoln uh, Twitter page and on the Facebook page as well. As we welcome in Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal, alongside Connor Clark here filling in for Chris Schmidt. But can I have anyone fill in for Bill Dolman? This is his slot. Fridays <laughs> at 5.05. You know him. You love him. Bill Dolman joining us. Bill, how you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well, but I was just listening to the news uh, during the break and, and heard that there was a uh, a big pot arrest, pot bust in Lincoln. And I'm thinking, uh, what week is it? What day just passed? And who was just in town? <laughs> Could, couldn't they have just like had uh, target practice as to who they were going to stop a couple of days ago in Lincoln with? <laughs> My NBC Sports colleague Snoop Dogg in town, and today they have an arrest of of somebody. I, you know, out here they call it a, a day that ends in Y, but a pot bust in Lincoln the same week that Snoop was in town on four twenty. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, did, did you hear what the uh, the Lincoln police said? They were asked like, "Oh, what are you guys going to do if if those artists uh, any of them decide to, to to light up on stage?" And Lincoln police said, "Well." They'd be one of 10,000 people in the arena doing it, so we're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> well, didn't somebody in Lincoln get busted for lighting up in a city council meeting? Yeah. You know, a few months ago or a few weeks ago or something. I just remember reading about that. I'm thinking, okay, Lincoln had its big day and Snoop <laughs> was in town. And now there's, I just, I'm amused. I'm, I am amused. I will say that. Well, Bill, we need to get to some uh, some sports here. It's a, a big week of of Husker news with Casey Rogers deciding to enter the the transfer portal. That's huge news. Nebraska basketball picking up a transfer commitment from Alabama. But where I want to start this first 
is we got a call in last hour while we were talking about the NBA playoffs saying, oh, well, America doesn't care about the NBA playoffs anymore. Why are we talking about this? Now, I want to get your take on this. You're a guy who's seen a lot of different eras of, uh, of NBA, and I'm not calling you old, I swear. But I'm a guy who's really – I was born into the Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson era, now been living through the LeBron era, and we're getting into a new era of basketball right now. So I want to get your take on, on what your opinion is on the NBA right now. Is it a lesser product than it used to be? You know, that's a really good question, and that's probably a question that after the season is over with, um, advertisers and uh, television networks are going to try to, to figure it all out as to just, you know, who is who is interested and where. It, I think it is clearly a major metropolitan um, sport uh, interest. You know, New York, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, uh, you know, San Antonio's a, a rather large market too, but they had a down year. Houston, it's obviously big down there. Um, you know, it has a, a demographic appeal to younger and certainly African-American. Um, so I, I think that there, if it's going to happen this year, I don't know. I think it kind of depends on what the next TV contract is, is due. I thought it was supposed to be recently, but I, I don't know. And with, with streaming and all that's happening and now you take a look, I mean, you want to go far reaching on this. I mean, you take a look at what happened to Netflix this week with a major, major hit with loss of mm-hmm. subscribers and hundreds of millions of dollars in loss in losses in the market. And I mean, you say, well, wait, how does that play? Well, it plays significantly because streaming was supposed to be the future. And all of a sudden, I think people are looking at streaming going, whoa, 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 whoa. That's part of the reason why Major League Baseball had a, a uh, what was it, a, a lockout and a delay into the start of the season. And people are thinking, why, why is this? Why is this? Well, they were trying to sort out streaming. They were trying to figure out who was this going to play to? Who was going to, you know, subscribe to this? So I think all of these sports, other than the NFL, are, are, are having, you know, some, some thoughts in the back of their mind, maybe in the front of their mind, is what is the future of our sport and who do we appeal to? And yeah, is the NBA big in Lincoln? No, uh, certainly was back in the day with the Kansas City Omaha Kings and Sam Lacey and Nate Archibald and Scott Wedman. That's how far back I go. Um, but you know, it it, it is ESPN centric, and ESPN is, is headquartered in you know Connecticut and in the New York market, mm-hmm. so we see a lot of it. But do people really care? I you know, that's a great question, and I think that's going to be an off season. Uh, some soul searching as to just what they're going to, who they're going to market it to, uh, or is it just going to continue to be in those Metro areas? Well, Bill, considering I surprised you with that question right off the top, that was a a much more in-depth and and better answer than I think I was even expecting, but that's why we have you on Fridays at five Oh five in the prime time slot. But Bill, I'm sorry with the surprise that we'll get into some, some of the expected conversation here. Now I know you were (laughs) expecting to talk Casey Rogers and we, we spent the past couple of days, reacting, discussing the the why, uh, discussing what this means for the Husker football team. Uh, so I, I'm going to shift the conversation just slightly and ask uh, what we kind of led the show off with, which is what kind of, of blow to this is it to the Husker football team? Because we're in the transfer portal era now. I think in any other year past, you'd see this coming in April and go, well, Nebraska's defensive line is screwed for this upcoming season. But now that we're in the transfer portal era, things are different. I think Husker fans are, are looking to that portal going, well, it, it's one guy out, but we could get two or three guys back into this Husker football defensive line and really change the room as a whole. So I, I want to get your take on that. 
you know, my question, you asked the why. My question is when. When, when did this all of a sudden start to, to percolate in his mind? And again, he could still come back. You know, he hasn't decided where he's going to go, although he's got some pretty impressive suitors uh, that you can continue to see uh, either on his Twitter feed or elsewhere, you know, with what Arkansas and Washington and USC and Oregon State. And I think there's a couple of others, you know, Auburn. those are some prominent, prominent teams, Auburn. Um, but when did this come about? W- when was this in his mind that I'm not, I'm not happy enough here that I at least want to investigate my options elsewhere. Uh, Is this a product of the NIL? And I've said many times, where are you going to do better in Lincoln? And and I'm not saying this is a, this is Casey Rogers. Now I'm wondering how much of this is at play in the minds of those who continue to enter the transfer portal of this is not a holdout, but this is a collegiate version of a holdout. I'm going to go in the transfer portal unless I can start getting some people around this town to give me some money. So this is my way of making a statement that I'm not being paid what I think I should be paid on the outside by all of these NIL people. And again, I'm not saying this is Casey Rogers. I'm saying I think this is a symptom, another symptom of the problem with the transfer portal and the NIL and no plan being in place when all of this began. So is this a way for athletes to go, how am I going to get mine here? Am I, am I going to be holding my, you can't say the school because the school can't necessarily arrange the NIL deal. They can make it, of, they can make them aware. I think they can tell them who is involved and where they can go. The open doors and the other group that uh, uh, Jared Lambrecht and John Bruning are involved with. But is this a collegiate way of holding out now? I, I don't know. But again, I go a little deeper than Casey Rogers wants to transfer from, from Nebraska. I, I look, I look through, I look between the lines, but I'm thinking when with, in regards to him though, we just got done with spring ball. You didn't participate in spring ball because Nebraska thought it would be beneficial for you to not participate because of the injury you had at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. You're an experienced guy. We trust you to be ready. We trust that you know the system. So sit out, get healthy and get ready for, August and September. But when in Casey Rogers' mind did he start thinking, I'm thinking about getting out of here? Was it during spring ball? Was it after the after the spring season ended? After the spring game? Uh, to me, that's what I find kind of curious as to why now? And what are you looking for? I, I that's what I find out. Now, to the X's and O's of it, yeah, it hurts Nebraska. Um you know, the, the D-line position, unless your name is Christian or Jason Peter, is not a sexy position. I mean, those guys brought a lot of attention uh, to it. You know, the Steve Warrens and Lawrence Peets of the of the day. But now you got to have people who, are, who can clog up the line. And and so I look at it and think that linebacking core better be have some depth, too. Because now in the Big Ten of all the conferences, not the Big 12, Mm-hmm. The Big Ten of all the conferences, they're going to look at Nebraska and go, okay, maybe that front line, the first, the starters are pretty good, but we just keep pounding it and pounding it and pounding it and pounding it up the middle, Wisconsin. We're going to wear down that defensive line, and we're going to get four, five, six yards of crack, and now we're going to now those linebackers are going to have to be the ones who are going to have to make more plays than usual. Bill, Bill Dolman, Dolman, oh sorry, you got it. Go for it. Go for it. No, no you're Connor, good. It's all you. 
Well, Bill Dolman's here with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And going back to your point about NIL and the transfer portal, and we had a conversation about this earlier this week, and I'm sure we'll continue to have this conversation throughout the offseason, but when does it get to a point that there needs to be some more, or, period, just regulations on NIL? Like, we talked about a, a quote-unquote cap space on a singular player. Like, how much money can they make? Because we see guys out here who are making millions of dollars now, and it's all about, okay, where's the money at? But at the same time, you can't really blame a college athlete for doing that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, I think this is just another step toward what I've said for 20 years, that we are going to have a, a super league of the power conference schools. Nebraska is going to be in there because Nebraska wants to play that game. But I think what you're going to find, though, is those 64, 60, uh, 65, does 64 makes sense just because of the number and playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But however many schools there are, we'll say, we'll say 64, that they're just going to say, we're creating the college football, the college sports association. We're going to lump our basketball schools in with it and everybody else. But th- th- it's going to be more impossible than ever for one double A or mid majors, smaller level uh, schools and conferences to compete. And I think one of the dangers is this you're going to have what if there's a kid who got out of high school and thought, you know what, I want to play for dear old Wyoming U. Great passionate following and good conference in the Mountain West, everything right about college athletics in the University of Wyoming. But all of a sudden, he starts to have a really good freshman year and he has a good sophomore year. And he's thinking, I'm not ready for the NFL yet, but I've got this agent saying, you know what? If you go to, if you get in that transfer portal and you go to one of these schools in the in the group of 64, the power 64, we can get you $100,000. I was reading today, a friend of mine, Mark Adams, uh, I worked with, is a real passionate uh, advocate for mid-majors. Does a lot of mid-major basketball on ESPN. And you ought to have him on the show. He wrote in a Facebook post today that he knew of two 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 uh, coaches talked to him about a, a kid who was uh, being offered or looking for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to transfer. Okay, Wyoming can't come up with that. This is my example. Wyoming can't come up with that at all. They're not even paying their. I don't think Craig Bowl is making seven fifty. He probably is. But now a kid, okay, two years at Wyoming decides I'm going to take my talents to South Beach, North Beach. East Beach, West Beach, wherever, and I can make a lot of money. So now all of a sudden the mid-majors or the group of five conferences are developmental programs for athletes who are going to go to now a Power 5 school or a Power 64 school, make 100, 200, 300, 400 grand or more, play there for a year, and then go to the NFL. So essentially mid-majors and group of five are going to become what college sports has been. People have said it's just a, it's just a place for – it's just the minor leagues for the NFL and the NBA. So I think that the NIL and the transfer portal is setting us up for that power 64. I really do. I think you're going to see schools like Wyoming and the Mountain West, the Big West, and all these other conferences are going to be potentially become places where they develop athletes for a year or two at the power 64, and then they try – to get into the NFL or the NBA or wherever they can go make some real money, big Bill, money. Bill, I hope this doesn't sound too short-sighted here. 
it, that's true. That sounds bad for college football as a whole, but is that not good for Nebraska in yep. the long run? The fact that you can go and, and, and pick players from whatever mid-major you'd like and say, yeah, you're having a great year. You can have a come have you can come have a great year here, and guess what? You'll make no, a whole bunch of money on Nebraska. Nebraska is not going to say that. You're going to have well, those agents. agents that have found the, that have found the niche into the market. They may not be the the Scott Boris of the Major League Baseball or uh, Lee Steinberg, who's had a renaissance to his career. These are the big name agents that people know of, right? You've got agents who are now finding themselves creating relationships with the NIL-approved entities like Open Doors or, and again, the, the Bruning and Lambert one, that the name escapes me, I'm sorry. But you've got agents who are going to go to these players, go to the parents, right? I don't know if there's any regulation on them saying, you know what, your kid's doing pretty well at Wyoming, but what if we get them across the border? Nebraska's one of those power 64. I know the people at these entities. Mm. I think we can get you this amount of money, Right. I, I mean, I'm cynical about it, but I, I, how, how, how is anybody being reined in right now? I don't know. So if you've got a third-party agent going to mom and dad, going to the player himself, you know, you can't tell. Like, it's not the school. It's not Nebraska. It's not USC, Auburn, Washington. It's somebody going to – and this used to be like the absolute worst thing in college sports – these AAU coaches or these agents or these shoe guys or whatever. Well, now they've, you know, now they've just out, out, outlasted everything. And here, now that they're the ones that are going to start brokering deals, unless somebody gets a handle on it. You know, and Jay Billis has been talking forever about players should be able to get what they want. Okay. Well, that, we're in that era now, but what's the solution so that you don't have this wild, wild west that I said last week, the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, they all have rules. There are salary caps, and there's tampering rules. And you can't say certain things about certain players, and you can't talk trade until certain dates. And what's stopping that right now in the college game? I don't know. Bill, that's, uh, that's, that's, all, that's all the time we got. We're up against a hard break. What? Sorry. I, this, this goes too fast every single time, Bill. <laughs> we, we should have held you on for two seconds. We got Steve Mark coming up after that. Can't short him his time. But, Bill, appreciate no. you taking some time out of your Friday. Joining us here. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right, bud? It's always great. And uh, go Big Red. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in is Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery rolling through a Friday here. It's Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark taking you through. A big thank you to Bill Dolman joining us to lead off Hour 2. If you missed that, you can catch it in podcast form, ESPNLincoln.com. You can also catch the full podcast. Going to be posted up shortly after the show. Excited now to welcome in Hale Varsity writer Steve Mark joining us here as uh, we roll through Hour 2. Steve, it's... 
About the most Nebraska day you can imagine, just a, a beautiful high 80s day if it wasn't for the 40-mile-an-hour winds. Yes, yes. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. But, yeah, I uh, tried to go out for a little uh, afternoon walk and just getting blasted in the face with this Nebraska wind. So, it, uh, yeah, it's a warm one out there and an uh, interesting one, too, with all this wind. But, you know, you know it's, it's nothing that we're not used to. So Yeah, you're a Nebraska kid, right, Steve? Like, this is, this is just another day in Nebraska for you, right? Yeah, I mean, nothing really surprises me. Like, I grew up in a really, really small town in northeast Nebraska, so I, I've kind of witnessed it all. So nothing really nothing really um, kind of surprises me when the, when the weather decides to be weird. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of wind, but, you know, it's nothing new, so. Well, I'm looking at wind directions, and we'll get into Husker baseball here in just a second, but I almost wish the Huskers were playing at home tonight because I, I think the wind's blowing out, blowing out at Haymarket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always blowing out at Haymarket, it seems. <laughs> I've, I've uh, attended almost every home game, and boy, those flags are just um, headed straight out to right field almost every single game there. So, yeah, it just seems like if you can get the ball up in the air, there's a good chance that it's going out to right field. Well, Steve, before we get into some Husker baseball, let's talk some Casey Rogers. That's been the big news of the week. And I, I think it's it's been the news of the week because it really came as a shock to Husker Nation. The 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 fans were expecting Casey Rogers to be a, a big contributor. And I know uh, we were expecting to see more out of him last year, but that was curtailed because of injuries. But now whenever he's expected to step into a bigger role, decides to enter his name in the transfer portal. And I mean, he's been getting uh, attention from from big name schools, from Pac-12, SEC, really all over the country. But what what I want to get into with you is is just the why. I mean, it's such a, a shocking turn of events with him entering the transfer portal. Now that a couple of days have passed, do we, do we have more of an idea of why this was the decision for Casey Rogers? Yeah, that's a it, it, and just to answer your question, it was just a very big shock, at least to me, at least. I mean, he was a. If you look at Casey Rogers and his career here. You know, a lot of injuries, and I don't know if he's um, what what his health is looking like with with the with both of his knees going in going into this season. But you know, he was expected to be a starter on the inside of uh, that defensive front for Eric Schneider and that black shirt defense. But um, now he's not anymore. So yeah, it, it was just a very odd um, kind of departure and odd timing, I guess. Um, but you know, from from my uh, colleagues here at Hell Varsity and, and from what some of them seem to think that um, maybe uh, they're a part of the reason why uh, Casey Rogers might have decided to go and test the, the transfer portal waters was, you know, he, he wants to play more more on the edge of the defense. Um, and, and he was kind of, kind of slotted to play more on the inside, kind of inside the tackles as either – um, maybe, you know, in his career here, he's played a one-tech, a three-tech, and then a four-tech head up on the tackle and just kind of, you know, one of those kind of slots on, on the defensive line. Um, and, and you need to be um, just really big and, and powerful to play those spots. And, and I just think, you know, with, with uh, Casey going into his fifth season, his time's kind of r- running out here of what two years left of eligibility, and I think he just kind of wants to make the most of it. And, you know, if he doesn't like the direction um, – you know that he thinks the program is headed um why not try to you know he's living in the transfer portal so why not try to you know test the waters and see what kind of opportunities are out there for him now steve i want to get your take on on just what this means for nebraska we, we've talked about it a, a bit in the past two days but nebraska I, I think it's expected they're going to be going hard after some interior defensive line guys in the transfer portal and um, I'm not sure if you have any insight into that, but if Nebraska is unable to lure 
any new defensive lineman to Lincoln. They, they got to roll out with the guys they got right now. What is your concern level? Oh, boy. Uh, the concern level would be um, majorly concerned. I mean, if we're going on a scale of 1 to 10, um, 1 being low and 10 being high, I mean, you got to be at like a 9.5 right now. Um, I, I think of, you know, just Ty Robinson, and, and I really like Ty Robinson and, and what he's what he showed throughout his career as kind of a young guy getting here um, as, a, as a defensive tackle type player. Um, and every season, I think he's shown improvement and he was you know, expected to take a big leap uh, this year. Um, but right now, he's just kind of the only guy with major college football experience that's going to be playing right now. If you had to play a football game right now, um, it'd probably be you'd have to throw National Huckmacher out there along with Ty Robinson, and that'd, that'd just be a big duo. And, and uh, Nash Huckmacher is kind of like your prototypical zero technique, just a 330-pounder who can, you know, is very, very strong. Uh, uh, a tree-stump type, developed. right? What's that? A tree-stump type, right? Just the type <laughs> of guy that you're not getting out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're not, you're not really going to move Nash uh, much, but I, I think just, you know, I don't think he's there yet as a uh, – I just think he, there's other parts of his game that – for him to kind of improve and, and be a good defensive lineman. He just needs to kind of work on the other part of his game, just kind of move, um, work on his movement skills because he's got the strength and he's got the, the and everything you need in that category, but just being able to move and, and just kind of rip through and, and get through gaps and, and everything. I don't, I don't think that that he's there yet, but um, yeah, it, there's just the depth with Nebraska's defensive line is looking very, very, very thin right now because you look at guys like um, who we got down there. We got uh, Ruquan Buckley. I, I know they like Ruquan Buckley, but again, he's very, very young. Um, he has little to no experience. Jalen Weaver, um, Masai Newsom is, is a guy who's been here for, for about three years now and hasn't really cracked the lineup or came close to doing it. Um, you might even see Col- Colton Feast, the walk-on from UTAN, Nebraska, kind of get um, some playing time over those scholarship guys. Um, and I'm Marquise Black, we haven't heard much of him um, from the coaches at all during his career here. So, yeah, they, they really need some help right now. And, you know, there's going to be names that pop up. It's the transfer portal era. There's you know, going to be new names coming in um, almost every single day. And I know the, the Husker uh, staff has been on to, um, if you'd like a name here, Devin Drew from uh, Texas Tech. He's um, going to be taking a, a official visit, I believe, to Lincoln this weekend, and, and he's a guy who started his career, played two seasons, two seasons at Iowa Western Community College before transferring and playing two seasons at Texas Tech. And, you know, the sack numbers aren't there. The, the um, tackles for loss numbers aren't there when he was playing for uh, Tech. But what, what is he? He's a body. He's a uh, 6'3", 280-pound body, and you absolutely need more of those. So uh, Devin Drew from Texas Tech is a, a possible option for them. And, but, man, they, they need more than him. So they're going to be um, hopefully um, looking at the transfer portal hard for more more bodies. Steve Mark is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Steve, say Nebraska swings and misses in the transfer portal when it comes to defensive linemen. What is the backup plan? Because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of inexperienced guys on the depth chart that are either third or fourth down on that depth chart. So what's the approach from the coaching staff? How do you guys, how do you get those guys integrated more and more in practice and game-like situations so you're prepared and you're not caught with your pants down against Northwestern here on opening day? Well, well step one is to pray, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, praying would be a good one. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's there are ways. Like if you're a, if you're a defensive coach, there are ways to kind of hide the fact that you might uh, not have the depth that you like on the defensive line. I, I know last year they played a lot of uh, three down front with three big guys um, usually, and, and they had the pieces to do that, but those pieces are gone now. They've, they've departed the program. So one way to maybe hide that, I guess, and I'm not, I'm not like an X's and O coaches here, but 
um, maybe maybe using a lot more four down line um, four down um, lineman uh, sets, uh, you know, with um, Garrett Nelson and, and Caleb Tanner, and then also plays Gunnarsson and Jamari Butler are going to be really huge too to just to kind of use them on the line of scrimmage and have a kind of a four down front just to kind of hide the fact that you're not very um, deep in, at the inside with uh, behind Ty Ty Robinson. So yeah, other than that, you're just going to need guys to step up if you can't find any more bodies, bigger bodies from the transfer portal. Colton Feast, like I mentioned before, he's going to be very important. And, you know, Raquan Buckley, I, I mentioned that they're high on him, but he just has little to no experience. He's got talent, but um, boy, that's asking a lot for a second year, uh, third year kind of player. So, uh, yeah, I think just maybe entertaining the idea of using more of a four down front aside from a, a three down front, which, which they kind of liked last year. Steve, uh, before we get to some some baseball thoughts, you're just a, a few more quick thoughts on the transfer portal. Oushan Mathis is the name everybody's been talking about, and I, I know he's not a, a like-for-like substitution for Casey Rogers, but a, as time goes on, are you feeling more and more momentum towards Mathis to Nebraska? Yeah, that's a that's a good point, Elijah. I'm glad you brought up that because um, I've I've heard the talk on kind of on, online and social media about um, does it, does Casey Rogers' departure mean? Um, good things that O'Shawn Mathis might become to Lincoln. I, I, I don't see that personally. Um, they, they play two different um, positions. You know, Casey Rogers, like I mentioned, he is a kind of an inside interior defensive lineman his whole his whole career here at Nebraska. And, and from everything that I've seen from O'Shawn, um, he's he's just a prototypical edge guy. He's maybe even some wide. I've even um, seen him line up as a five tech as a as a wide nine guy, just outside of the offensive tackles. I've never really seen him play the position that um, Casey did as an interior defensive lineman when he was playing at TCU. So, um, no, I, I know I've, I've read um, that O'Shawn Mathis is going to be taking an official visit to Texas this weekend. And so, you know, when you're kind of, from what I've read um, throughout the years, when you're a program trying to sway a, a talented guy, you never want to be last with those official visits because the last one always seems to make the best impression on people. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not convinced that O'Shawn is coming here, but again, I, I could be wrong. Steve, last thought here, Husker baseball on the road against Indiana this weekend. Uh, first pitch tonight at 6 o'clock against the Hoosiers. What what, what does Nebraska face this weekend, and, and what, what kind of battle do they face to, to go make postseason in, in any form? Yeah, I mean, uh, when, when I was um, Coach Bolt was uh, after the win, that midweek win um, over North Dakota State, you said, you know, we're fighting for our lives here. It's it's a game by game thing. We are we are. I think there are maybe like six or seventh right now in the conference, and, and you know, in the top eight top eight teams in the Big Ten um, make qualify for their conference tournament. So yeah, it's all hands on deck right now. You need to go to Indiana, and you know, Indiana is a program right now that's been struggling. I think they're fourteen and twenty two overall with only two conference wins, and they've they've kind of been scuffling here um, recently. So you know, I think Nebraska is a, it's really, they're catching Indiana maybe at a good time that they can come in there and, you know, you'd like to get a sweep out of there, but I'm not, I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah, it's a, you know, you've got Shea Shanneman going on the mound right now. He's, he's had a pretty strong season. Um, and, and I don't know really if the team knows who's going to be uh, pitching the Saturday and Sunday games, but I think they're catching Indiana right now at a really good time. Um, they're kind of down right now, but you know, what they need to do is take that um, momentum from that uh, win over North Dakota state and just kind of build on it, build on it, build on it, you know, start hitting with runners in scoring position, start getting some strong outings on the mound, just like they did against North, uh, North Dakota state where there's like, I think five bullpen arms came in and, and kind of did their jobs pretty well. Um, so it's, 
yeah, it's 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 a big weekend uh, for Husker baseball, and, and it's against an opponent that I think they can get out of there with a potential sweep if they keep. You know, that kind of sounds crazy to say with Nebraska this year, but I think it's really possible if, if everything kind of goes right and, you know, they got the momentum right now and they just got to keep building on it. Well, that'd be huge. Uh, find him on Twitter at Steve underscore Mark. Steve, appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your afternoon today. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark taking you through this Friday edition as we fill in for Chris Schmidt. Got the day off up at a wedding today. So uh, Schmitty celebrating the bride and the groom while we take you through this Friday edition. We're actually nearing the end of the show. If you missed anything from the show today, you can check out our interviews on ESPNLincoln.com. We had Jacob Padilla back in hour one discussing uh, newest Nebraska basketball edition, Juwan Gary. And then uh, this hour we had Bill Dolman leading off at 5.05. You can check that out on ESPN Lincoln and ESPN Lincoln, excuse me, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and Facebook accounts as uh, we had a live video stream going for that. You can uh, check that out uh, on our social media. You can also check it out, ESPNLincoln.com. And then we just heard from Steve Marek uh, discussing where Nebraska goes next on the defensive line. That's also available, ESPNLincoln.com. And the full podcast uh, edition will be available. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the Hale Varsity YouTube page, all great places to check out this show in its entirety. Before we wrap up the show today, um, we, we, we discussed on Wednesday Austin Allen, as uh, Austin Allen joined the show leading off hour two, I believe. There's a, a good shot that's going to be our rewind on our Saturday morning edition coming up tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 o'clock. I, I believe there's a good chance. The, the, the final say comes from the boss man, Schmitty. He gets to decide uh, what we're going to rewind, but I think there's a pretty good chance we'll, we'll hear from Austin Allen again tomorrow morning. And then yesterday, uh, we talked about JoJo Doman as JoJo Doman had an appearance on Good Morning Football. We heard some cuts from him explaining what his name means. Again, you can catch that in podcast form if you missed either of those two episodes uh, from the past two days. Um, but got to get into an, another Husker draft candidate today. And the one I want to get into... There's some good options. I mean, we haven't spent as much time on Cam Taylor Britt in recent weeks as we should have. As he had a pretty good senior bowl week, as I remember the story of him getting his tooth knocked out at practice. The doctors told him, well, man, you should probably just hold off the rest of the week and showed that black shirt mentality, went out and continued to practice. I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss some Cam Taylor Britt next week. I want to talk about Cam Jurgens though. We've discussed the lines of scrimmage so heavily today. I'm an offensive line guy myself, an offensive line enthusiast, if you will. You know, whenever I'm watching the game, I'm not watching that backfield action. I'm watching what the offensive line is doing. That's where a game is won and lost. And, and Cam Jurgens. Uh, for a, a down year for the Husker offensive line, he was the lone bright spot, uh, in my opinion, as I watched. You can discuss 
uh, Nuruddin. You can discuss Prohaska on that left side. But I, I think Cam Jurgens, uh, by far and away, the best offense lineman on that team last season, which is uh, huge after the, the stick he took from fans for missed shotgun snaps. Uh, the fact that he came in a little bit light and did struggle with some big, uh, large body, big ten nose guards in his first couple of years, but he he showed why he was a, a draft candidate and why I mean he, he why, why the coaching staff ended up making that move from tight end to center for Cam Jurgens played really well and is playing himself up draft boards with a with a good pre draft process bringing beef jerky to the combine giving it to teams that were interviewing him and yesterday I, I posted up on my Twitter account a video uh, of one of my favorite. NFL draft analyst. His name is Brett Coleman. He does great film breakdowns. He's been wrong a couple times. Patrick Mahomes is the big example uh, where he didn't think Patrick Mahomes was an NFL quarterback. He was wrong there. He'll fess up to it. That's why I like Brett Coleman. He gives his take. It's okay if he's right. It's okay if he's wrong. He will come back and he, he will check up on all his predictions. And, and he released his full scouting breakdown of the offensive line class yesterday. Uh, some good thoughts in there. But the one that's important for Husker fans is he, he released his breakdown for Cam Jurgens. I, I thought he had uh, uh, a take which was in line with what I would say as being a guy who watched Cam Jurgens all last season. And I thought Cam flew under the radar just slightly. Uh, his value is being shown in the pre-draft process. We had Brett Coleman in his video breakdown yesterday of Cam Jurgens uh, give his take on, on what Cam Jurgens could project to be in the NFL. And speaking of freaks, I couldn't talk about this tier without mentioning Cam Jurgens by name. I mean, if you thought that Tyler Linderbaum's movement ability was special, especially out in space, Cam Jurgens makes him look normal. He's a former tight end, of course, because it seems like all the best and most athletic offensive linemen used to play tight end, and they kind of bulked him up and had him play center. And just watching him on tape, like, he moves differently. He's even more undersized and, I guess, in need of a couple biscuits than even Linderbaum is. <laughs> Linderbaum was undersized. Jurgens is even slimmer. But, man, the way he moves in space, the nastiness he plays with, the fluidity in his hips and feet... It is special. If he's in the right system, he could be a dominant center. And I mean dominant. He's not ready to play yet, but I think he could be eventually. And when he gets on the field, just watch what he does. Because his potential, just his raw potential, is damn near limitless. So that's Brett Coleman. His take on Cam Jurgens. You can find Brett Coleman on Twitter at Brett Coleman or find the film room on YouTube. That's where you're going to go find all the breakdowns. As uh, he, He's just one of the best of, uh, of NFL and even college scouting film breakdowns on YouTube right now. That's a, a highly recommended follow. I hope someday I can get Brett Coleman on this show. Unlikely. I, I tried to DM him one time. He just left me on red. So uh, exposing myself here. Um, but I, I do love Brett Coleman. I, I love that breakdown because I think he hits the nail on the head saying, yeah, Cam Jurgens is not a guy who, who's going to be ready year one. And, and that's how a lot of offensive linemen are going from college to the NFL. It's, it's rare to see a guy who is NFL ready come week one. I mean, you think of Tristan Wirfs with the Bucks. He he was NFL ready day one. Uh, Makai Becton maybe with the Jets could be a guy that that's listed there. But really, outside of first round guys, you're not going to find too many. <laughs> excuse me, too many guys who come into training camp ready to go. I mean, you'll you'll have guys that later in the season they'll start getting some play time. They'll start getting it figured out. But that that's a rare quality to have. Um, and especially with a guy like Cam Jurgens who is undersized, six foot two, three hundred pounds. Whenever he's soaking wet. Uh, I think that number is bumped up a little bit than what it actually is. But but Cam Jurgens, the, the 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 strength here is the athleticism, the movement, and that's what he hit on with saying the the limitless is or the potential is damn near limitless. I think of a guy like Alex Mack, 
uh, played for years with the Falcons, was on a Super Bowl run with the Falcons, uh, and was also with the 49ers. You also have a guy like uh, Kelsey uh, with the Eagles. Uh, great, great center, made it for years being an undersized guy. I mean, he's a guy who played running back in high school, and he ended up making it work being an athletic uh, offensive line, especially from that center position. There's a lot of teams that like to get that center out in space, get him out and moving, and that's the type of system that Cam Jurgens would fit well into. And I think he's another guy. I mean, we discussed JoJo Doman being a, a third, fourth-round guy, Austin Allen being a fourth, fifth, maybe sixth-round guy. I think that mid-round projection fits perfectly for Cam Jurgens. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be the, the first Husker off the board. Uh, would I be uh, – is that what I expect? No. Would I be surprised? Also, no. Whenever you see what he could project into, I, I really like what Cam Jurgens could bring to an NFL team. And – um. Connor, I mean, uh, that's the the one position. I shouldn't say the one position along the Husker offensive line, but uh, th- that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm so worried about this Husker offensive line because you're losing your best player and replacing him with guys that, that struggled in the offensive line last season. Yeah, offensive line, we talked about it earlier in the show too. It's going to be a tough, tough go this year. But, I mean, it new coaching staff, new offensive staff. Let's see how it goes. So we'll see where Cam Jurgens goes. NFL Draft begins next Thursday, and it's going to go all weekend long. So we'll see where all the Huskers end up. We'll get more thoughts on that next week. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Friday edition of Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Connor Clark getting you all set for the weekend in the last couple minutes of the show here. And before we get out for the day, let's go to the phone lines. John, you're with Hale Varsity Radio. What do you got today? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, it, last fall when we were watching those games and it seemed like it was impossible how many ways and how many times we lost close games and you just couldn't put your finger on why. I think it's really clear why now, and I think we had way too many me guys and not enough program guys, and you can tell by how many have jumped ship to go to the league or hit the portal or for whatever reason that could have been back this year that chose not to be. So, I, you know, uh, I heard Coach Cook talk one time about the volleyball, and he said we, we win games because we out-program guys. We out-team other teams, and – that's kind of always been the Nebraska way, and it's it's. I think it's clear why we only won three games last year, but well, I think we had too many selfish guys who were me guys, even though they said they weren't. Uh, John, That's my opinion. John, I, I don't think you're wrong, and I, I encourage you, if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out Schmidty's interview with uh, Tom Osborne yesterday. Tom uh, hit on that point exactly. Schmidty kind of asked him, what did you do in, in recruiting to build uh, a team that, that 
didn't have that 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 selfish attitude. And uh, I think Coach Osborne's answer was pretty interesting, saying, "I mean, recruiting is kind of like throwing darts at a dartboard." But John, before we get you out of here. I need to get your preview of Husker softball this weekend. I saw that, th- that they got their uh, their game today postponed till tomorrow. It's a doubleheader, but tell me what the what the Husker softball team's got coming up. You know, um, Wisconsin's kind of had our number the last two or three years, and I they're a solid solid team that um, don't have any. I have one superstar, a gal that's up for national player of the year that's a hitter, but you know, I think they they're not going to beat themselves. I think. I think we're going to see three really close games that is going to be decided by two out hitting, two strike hitting, and our pitchers. So I think I think you're going to see three close games. Hopefully we can win two. And if we can win the first one, I think we got a shot to win three. So fingers crossed, buddy. Well, John, I think you might have just made yourself uh, our Husker softball expert. Good, good luck to uh, to the team this week and good luck in good week. Ah, man, I can't even talk, getting my words out here. Good luck to Abby this weekend as well, and uh, hoping for the best for Oscar softball. Thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend. John, have a good weekend. It's uh, John joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio, big supporter of Husker softball. His daughter's on the team, uh, so I had to get his take on what the Huskers got coming up this weekend. Great season for Husker softball into the top 25 this weekend. You know, that's not all they want as they're looking to finish this season strong. Some good senior leadership, some good – uh, young talent coming up as well on that Husker softball team. And, man, just despite the fact that Husker baseball has been a disappointment, Husker softball exceeding expectations, the amount of teams they've been run-ruling, the home runs, the power, uh, the pitching, that, that Husker softball team is legit. And, Connor, I think you've gotten a chance to call one or two of their games on, on BTM+, Plus, correct? Yes, I called one of their games against Rutgers. They won that one 9 to nothing. And a fun fact about this 18-game win streak, six of those wins have been run-rule wins. Wow. So, wow. Impressive impressive stuff from the softball team. Yeah, Got to finish the year strong, obviously, as uh, regular season gets thrown out once you get into postseason play. But hoping for the best for Oscar softball, hoping for a good weekend for both of these, uh, uh, I guess, the, the diamond teams, Oscar softball and Husker baseball, is some important series coming up. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 7 to 9 here at Locally on ESPN Lincoln. Talk to you then. A Huda Media Production.